Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries, all without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health, in every way. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits are available until the end of December. Fair usage policy applies. Yes, welcome to keeping the ball on the ground. What a lineup we've got today. We've got the big boy Kevin Kelt and the nation's sweetheart, Andy Halliday. What's happening, young man? <laughs> I'm all right, Sai. Uh, obviously, uh, it's nice to see that uh, Sai's, uh, you've got Andy Halliday in and replacement of Slaney, I think, is a fitting replacement. Same here, huh? same here. Different colour. Andy, what about that interview, man? 150,000 views in a week. No. You're, you're massive, man. I know, bad. Eh? See, to be fair, I've, the amount of messages I've got, I know how it feels to be Paul Slane for a week, so <laughs> not much changed. I told you that email address, so that. Uh, you carved me up big time with the email. Everybody's just guessed the second part, and I've had about 50 emails this week. I'm lined up for doing grassroots football team meetings and that. Brilliant man. By the way, even Celtic fans though, uh these lady messages saying he caught Paul the Tim in his cage watching it as well. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. It's no chance. No, but generally the, the amount of messages I've had, even for like former players and that, people that I don't know even watch your, your podcast or stuff like that. I've had messages for people I've not spoken to in about five, six years just saying how good it was. So uh, it was good, I enjoyed it. Okay, what about that McGregor story, man? Unbelievable. Boy. Aye, so that uh, obviously when you when you get a good show and you put a good teaser out, that obviously was one of the best teasers for one of the interviews I think I've ever seen. So everybody's desperate to hear more stories, but that doesn't surprise me, Al McGregor, because as, as a wonderful career he's had, and uh, he's not the brightest spot in the, the the brightest pool in the shed. So I was oh, yeah, you just killed yourself. He's not the brightest <laughs> of you, man. Ah, no, I'm as thick as mince, but. Uh, <laughs> no, I was thinking, Sai, when you got Andy Haldo, and I thought you always get all oh, the Celtic legends on, so. I was buzzing with that. Oh, wow, Andy. He's coming for you, man. Sorry, Andy. That's I only get one. See, to be fair, like, one of the messages I got after the show was Griggsy, but it just read Fanny. So <laughs> I didn't get the same support after him. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, we've, only had, we've only had one serious complaint for the interview. Is it a and T-shirt? Fashion po- the fashion post, me about your T-shirt. No, I, I'm going to start using your replica T-shirts for now on here. Oi, Nita, Gee, Kev, we shout out as well. I've seen the goal, eh? The missus is now Dame Cushions, Kev. Aye. She's, uh, <laughs> I'm just waiting on the pun, but she's uh, she started doing her own wee uh, design style and uh, personalised cushions, so there'll be one for you and Slaney on the way, son. Oi. Kev, take it, on, take it for, for, for underneath your t-shirt and shorts then. There's a fun. He's looking well on there. That's what you've got to look forward to. Oh, no, it's a Five years, you'll be looking like that, Andy. Five years, five weeks, mate. <laughs> We're training for three months. What's happening with you? Still any, any news now? 
Nah, mate, like I said, there's, there's loads of media coming after me now, but there's not really any football clubs, so I don't know. I might need to change your work and start working with you more often. <laughs> yeah, right, we'll talk a wee bit about lockdown. It's nearly done. Uh, the pubs are open on the 15th, but near used to you, Andy, you'll still be hungover for the 12th, won't you? Ah, exactly. I've already got stuff lined up for the 10th, <laughs> even. I'm starting early, so we should be a five there. Kev, you buzzing when early out? Oh mate, I'm uh, I'm I'm like I've only got about a week left in me. I think uh, you're talking about the twelfth of July, Sai. My wife's got a wee hen party in Ibiza on the twelfth, and uh, the girls only want to go. So I think me and her's got to Ibiza for three days on the twelfth of July. But that'll be that'll be cancelled now. Nah? No, the flights are goer, hotels are goer. Ibiza opens up on the first of July. I'm no beach body ready, but I'm gone. Oh, how how many drink you'll get in in three days? What, pints? No, you and the missus, how many will you get in three days? <laughs> probably should probably get about three and a half minutes. <laughs> Andy? Just get Sky Sports News to do the fake crowd noises in the bedroom, mate, you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to talk about football, as much as I don't want to, but we will. Um, Robbie Nielsen back at Hearts. Kevin Kyle at Hearts legend, I'll ask you first. What was your initial reaction when you heard that Robbie was going back? It was uh, one of surprise, Si, because obviously there wasn't too much news on what was happening with this, the Stendhal boy. Um, and for Robbie, obviously, getting promoted with United out of the Premiership and then coming back down for Hearts, people would say that's a bit of a, a, a strange move. But for me, he's a Hearts man, Si. He was there for over 10 years as a player. He's managed them once already, and I think in his mind, under the Levine regime, that he was there on the first time as a manager. I think he probably thought he's got unfinished business. Now that Craig Levine's away, I think Robbie Williams got a right good blank canvas to go and get Hearts promoted again. His experience with doing that with the United's going to help. And I think he's got big things for Hearts going forward. Um, I think Hearts fans, some were unhappy when he left and some were um, grateful he left. So he's got he's got them to win over, but I think he's got a, a great opportunity. People look at it as a step back, but Hearts are a massive club. Um, Dundee United have been out of the league that long. I, I've actually forgotten all about them, Si. Um, so I, I don't know. Dundee United have obviously got new owners. I think they've got a billionaire owner. So they'll get somebody in with, with great potential. But I think that Robbie Nielsen is a Hearts man. I think that that would be too good a, or a job to turn down. We've actually found out that the way it came about is uh, Robbie Nielsen and Ann Budge shared the same hairdresser. And it's, uh, and it's came as well, it's the Hearts groundsman that's cutting both of their hair. It's a pitch for Josh Windass. <laughs> <laughs> he was raging with that by the way, not he? Same groundsman for that day, so... Okay. See, Andy, see fair outsider, obviously, or uh, Hearts or a Dundee United man. Uh, what job would be more appealing to you, looking in? Uh, Hearts is a bigger club, there's no doubt. Uh, I, I get like, like Kevin said, it was more the surprise that it just sort of came out of nowhere. There was no, there's no, there's not really been any, any rumours or anything on the on the press that suggested that was going to happen. But I, I still a wee bit surprised, I because obviously done so well with Dundee United, got them back to the SPL and, and probably want to see how he could take them the first year. But like you say, he's a Hearts man. He's obviously spent so long there. And, you don't know what he's been promised. It might be. It might seem as if he's uh, he's looking forward to a, maybe a different project. Don't know what's happening. I'm going to need a big influx of players, so it might might see a lot of youth players coming through, and he might just be excited about the project that they've got going. So I, I'm a wee bit surprised, but being a Hearts, uh, being the fact he's a Hearts man, I can understand it. Mate, he just used to play for Thrones at Hearts, wasn't it? Robbie Nielsen. He just loved throwing the ball, man. I Robbie <laughs> the lap. I remember his Thrones. <laughs> he just used to kick off people to get Thrones, didn't he? He'd <laughs> actually get a throw in that we go for an throw in at the other side, it was that long. Right, who wants another special offer on razors from our good friends at Harry's? Now we're coming out of lockdown soon, there's some quarantine beards that are definitely needing sorted out before we get back into civilization. For me, it's the best shave I've had in comparison to the other mainstream brands I've used before. With as clean and comfortable a shave as you could hope for. I'd highly recommend giving the free trial set a go to see for yourself. Everything from the shaving foam to the glide you get with a handle grip is top quality. Here's a Harry's story. Have you even heard of Harry's before? Here's some background on how they got started. 
Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were fed up with overpriced razors, started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. By taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shaving gel, and a travel blade cover. Get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for $3.95. Support our podcast and get your trial set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash open goal right now. That's harrys.com forward slash open goal. <laughs> I watched Dundee United a couple of times last season, thought, I don't think their squad's great, eh? See, when you look at Dundee United's squad, like, I like Reynolds and Conley at the back. Obviously, Shankin up top, but other than that, when I watched them play against Dundee towards the end of last season, I thought they were, they were very average, Dundee United. I think they could struggle in the Premier League this year. He's obviously read the, the signs. Hearts should piss the Championship next year, shouldn't they? They should do, side. But do you think Dundee United, obviously, I touched on earlier, they've got like wealthy owners. Do you think they'll spend money in the in the in the when they get to the Premiership? Do you think they'll spend like obviously the rumours with Shankland? He's on a right few quid a week. Do you think they'll try and bring in that same kind of level of player on wages and stuff, or do you think they'll wait to see? Because ultimately, I don't think that the lower teams, as in like your Hamiltons. Yeah, um, St Mirren's and stuff, the ones that struggle to survive every year. And D United's only really got to compete with them to stay in the league. Do you know what I mean? I don't think they've got any other aspirations to be better than that. I, I don't I know. Think, I think Dundee United see themselves a top 16. I think that's the top 16. I know the fact, I'm fed Dundee, obviously, the fans, and they expect to be in the top six next year. I don't think they'll be able to compete with teams like Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, yeah. for, to compete with players there. I wouldn't expect them to struggle in terms of going down either, though. I'd like to think no. they've got more than, than the sort of bottom three, bottom four. Who'd you like, who'd you like to play for Dun United, Andy? Well, the fact that Shanklin scores 80 goals a season is just ridiculous. <laughs> like, you just, it was the old Kenny Duker days. You're just watching Sky Sports News and when Dundee United score, you just know it's him. <laughs> Honestly, mate, I, I don't think I've watched one Dundee United game this year. I didn't even watch the Dundee United Dundee derby, so I couldn't even comment. But uh, just like you say, you watch the Sky Sports News and they score, you know it's him. But, uh, Do you think they'll keep Shankland for? Say that again? Do you think they'll keep Shankland? They'll struggle. I think, I think they need to keep him. Of course, they need to keep him, but like, if the Rangers came in for a man, would you take him at Rangers? Aye, I would, aye. It's just, he, he just, he's done it wherever he's been, so he just looks as if he's a take a boy that if he gets chances, he's going to score. And if you're at a bigger club, you're going to get more chances, so he's just got an knack of scoring goals, and that's something that's hard to find. You know, there's hundreds of strikers that don't even have that. So I, I think no matter where he's going to go, he's going to score goals. Just a wee heads up for you to see when you get sent the questions and Dundee United are on it. It'd be good for you to have a wee look and see. Guy, <laughs> <laughs> just as you're talking about Dundee United, you didn't say specifically that you're going to ask us who plays for Dundee United. I know. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't, didn't realise I had to watch Dundee United years to come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Stendhal? Uh, are you surprised he went and obviously they played really well against your Rangers team last year with a tough team to play against. Yeah, like you know that no matter who you're going to play when you're at the old firm, they're going to up their game. But if you watched Hearts play against us, you'd think they're the top three, top four best teams in the league. But then you watch them the next week when they're playing St Murder Hamilton, they'd lose 2-0 and they'd be hopeless. So it's, it's just a strange one. Just couldn't, like, every time they played us, they were high pressure, high tempo, made it difficult for you when you're in possession and when they were in possession, they could hurt you. So I, I could never, ever have uh, seen them being in the position they're in. But like I said, you'd, you'd watch them against somebody else and, and you'd see the results. And I think it was four wins or something like that. So, something mental. I think three of them were against us. Mm-hmm. Was, that, was that one of the Windass games? No, that was the season before, right? <laughs> it was the season before, aye. The pitch was actually better last year, so that's not even an excuse. <laughs> Kev, did you see potential under Stendhal or was it the right decision to get rid of him? 
I think it was the right decision to get rid of him because see that the decision to actually bring him in kind of was a was a was by surprise for me. So I didn't think he was the the wow factor at the time. A team that was struggling bottom of the league, um, looking to try and stay in the Premiership, and all of a sudden Daniel Stendel appears from nowhere. Um, I think um, I just don't think they, they, they had the belief to take the chance on him in the Championship because they, when, they, when they're in the Championship side. They've got to get this right and come back up first time. Hearts can't afford to be down there for two and three seasons. So they would probably look at the Robbie Nielsen thing as somebody who has got the D United promoted and has got the experience of getting a team at the championship with Hearts with a Hearts background. I think it's a it's a perfect fit and scenario. But for Stendhal, I think he's probably been a wee bit unfortunate. Um, I think. The thing with Andy says with Rangers, when Hearts played Rangers and Hearts obviously played well, two high pressing game. The thing is with Hearts, they always seem to do well against the better teams in the league. See, when you're playing for Hearts and you play Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen, they always seem to raise their game. Hearts have always struggled against the teams um, like St. Mirren's, your Hamilton's, your Levy's and that. I, I don't know why that is. It's just it's just a normal thing that you do raise your game against the likes of the, the old firm teams in, in Aberdeen but and obviously the Hibs and the Derby. But Stendhal was probably a wee bit unlucky, but I don't think he'll be missed, si. No. I, I, I don't say you can say he's been unlucky, Kev. Like the group of players he's got, there, there's no way that they, the record that he had, they should have that. I know, but when you when you when you're a new manager coming to a new club, it, isn't it going? To, he needed the things to start rolling straight away. And sometimes when a new manager comes in, you don't always get that reaction. Like you know, you see new managers coming in and they win the first game. You look at example, um, Neil Warnock at Middlesbrough there on Saturday beat Stoke away from home two 0 they got the reaction, whereas some managers don't get the reaction. It takes time for them to get going. And I think the Hearts won the last three games or something on the bounce, beating Hibs in the Cup. Beat, not, not beating Hibs in the Cup, they beat Hibs at Eastern Road, they beat Rangers twice. That was him maybe getting going, but then the season got ended due to COVID-19, and that's where I mean that he's probably been Aye. unlucky. Because the season continued. He probably would have kept him up with that kind of form. So that's where I would say that he got unlucky. What a job for Robbie Nielsen to get thrown at Hearts with the squad, the wage budget they've got. They'll, I mean, that's a no-brainer that they'll win the, the championship next year, Andy. Aye, I, I can't see anybody. They, they obviously won it, was it three, uh, five years ago or whatever it was, and uh, beat Rangers and Hibs doing so, going to the championship. But I think as well, I, th- I think, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of, of young players playing for Hearts uh, next year, boys through for the academy. And I think even when Hearts were in the, the championship last time, Robbie Nielsen had quite a lot of them in his squad. So, I don't know, again, if that's a factor. Uh, mm-hmm. He's done with academy players before and, and tried to do the same because I think Hearts are, are one of the clubs that's probably been hit more financially than others. So uh, I can, you can probably expect to see a lot more academy players playing for them next year. I like Robin Nielsen. He's a good manager. Done well. Other than MK Dons, he's done well at Hearts and done United, didn't he? Uh, right, done United jobs up. Another absolute tremendous uh, rumour in Scottish football. Andy McLaren's brother, Steve <laughs> Looks like he could get the job, man. How much do you want Steve McLaren in Scottish football, Kev? I think for the comedy factor, side, just to get him on an interview and talk Dutch to the Scottish media would be incredible. Um, and sit there in the rain with his brawly on. I think that would just, uh, the Scottish media would have a field day with him. But Steve McLaren in the Scottish, I just, I can't, it doesn't fit for me, Sai. I don't see how that, I know he's a, He's had some great times as a football manager, but Scottish football, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm maybe just thinking outside the box, but I don't think it fits well. A great appointment, but I don't think it fits well. Steve McLaren, right? He looks how I imagine Slaney to look on that flight home to Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> but see him on Sky Sports News, even when he's speaking to an English person, he still does that mad English voice, man. What's wrong with him? It's embarrassing. Like, do you think you'll the Dundee one? Imagine Steve McLaren jumping about shouting tremendous young man in Dundee. <laughs> or Denny. Or Denny in his first press conference. <laughs> do you think it would be a good appointment, Andy? Ah, well, coach. On paper, it's an unbelievable appointment. He was a former England manager and his CVs obviously speaks for itself, but he's, he's embarrassed himself too much. He can't come up to Scotland. No chance. You get slaughtered. I can't see him recovering for any of the daft media things if he'd done them up here. No. See, see if your manager done that. Johnny Russell was saying that the boys took the piss of him in Derby for it. Would you, would you be the same? Uh-huh. Definitely each other way would I. 
So, well, remember when Pedro was at Rangers and he did that Dogs in the Caravan interview? Uh-huh. Like, it's one of them where you think the next day, what is he talking about? <laughs> that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But if 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 I seen Steve McClendon had Dundee accent in the press conference and I was playing for Dundee, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But like you said, if you start saying Denny and Seven for Seven, then it's game over. Imagine he come on. Imagine he on and he says, "I have I've, I've tasted the local the local culture. I went down to the pear shop and I got myself a pear." <laughs> Oh, but no, he, what he would have said was, they ran out of pies, Kev Kyle's in the one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into pies, so I like the sausage rolls. If Steve McLaren does end up with a Dundee United job, one thing's for sure is that we're all going to need to brush up on our Dutch. Unfortunately, there's no better way to learn than with our good friends at Babel. If you haven't followed up on our ad for Babel last week, don't delay any longer to use their fantastic service. You'll be singing Bar SJ Paraplu Steve at Tanadice before you know it next season. Babel is a learning tool that you need if you want to learn a new language in the most helpful and efficient way. Clear and simple interface guiding you through your learning journey in a funny and smooth way. It is designed to quickly get you speaking your new language within weeks with daily 10 to 15 minute lessons. Babel teaches real life conversations you learn through interactive dialogues. Speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. Lessons are lovingly created by over 100 language experts, real people, and not by a translation machine. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. The teaching method has been proven to be effective across multiple studies. Babbel is available as an app or online, and your progress will be synced across all devices. Try Babbel today. Just go to babbel.co.uk or download the app for free. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot co dot UK or download, download the app to try for free. Babbel, learn a new language and make it your own. <laughs> oh, by the way, Kev, here's a question for you. So would you fancy a Tommy Wright over a Steve McClan for a Dundee United job? Uh, oh, I tell you what, so that's a good question, mate. I think with Tommy Wright, you know what you're going to get. Would Tommy Wright excite the Dundee United fans? I, I don't think that he would. Would Steve McLaren excite the Dundee United fans? I think he would because you, you wouldn't have a fucking clue what you're going to get. Um, I think the comedy factor would be immense. Um, but at the same time, that Andy says, former England manager, he's got an unbelievable CV. So he obviously knows his stuff. Um, but if they were to get, I just, I just, I think it's one of these two and twos came together and it's added up to seven. It just doesn't fit. Um, I don't know how it's made a story, but if he's interested and he gets the job, then it'll take me by surprise. What about you, Andy? Tommy Wright, who else? Marky McKay's linked to it as well. Who'd you fancy? I mean, I think with Tommy Wright, the St. Johnston teams, well, they weren't they pretty to watch, but they were effective. Oh. I actually hate playing at McDermott Park if if, uh, if, if, it, if it wasn't a good day for you. You were always going to be, you know, have a few aches and bruises the next day. So, like you said, but with Dundee 80 fans' expectations, would they... Would they be happy with that? Would they be happy with that appointment? Would they want to watch that, that style of football? Because, uh, but I mean, like you say, Steve McClellan's probably going to be somebody that's going to bring a exciting brand of football. I, I played against his Derby teams and they did play good football, to be fair. Who was that when you are Bradford? Middlesbrough? Oh, Middlesbrough. That's the thing with Dundee United fans. So my mates are all Dundee United fans. They're in group chat. Like, and this is what I love about Scottish football fans, mate. Steve McClellan, Tommy Wright, Malcolm McKay. They hate every single one of them, mate. I don't know who they're expecting to get, man. No, I know. Can't ask for a, a few bigger CVs, I know. Huh? It's a, it's a nasty lineup. That is a nasty. <laughs> it's a nasty lineup. Line right, another one of the show's favourites, Craig Gordon, left Celtic. We thought it was to concentrate on his snooker career, but uh, <laughs> it's to sign for Hearts again. Andy, did you hear that story? No, no. <laughs> we'll tell it again. Right. David Marshall was in a room with Craig Gordon. This was years ago. Gordon Marshall was in a room with Craig Gordon for seven days on a Scotland trip. Said, never spoke for the full six, first six days, mate. Not a word. He says, seventh day, last day, I'm getting up to go to the room to go meet the boys for a coffee. And just as I'm getting up to go, Craig Gordon looks at him and says, you want a game of snooker on the PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> Marshall sits down and Craig Gordon goes to Marshall, right, you break. Marshall breaks off. 
and Craig Gordon does a one four seven. The only time he spoke during that, there was a hint he had about two reds left on the table, and he, he looked at Marshy and went, "Jing that goes." <laughs> Did he look at Marshy and say, "Any chalk?" <laughs> <laughs> but Kev, back to Hearts. What a signing! I can I just say, Hearts have been playing with a hole in the goal for the last three years, man. Absolute terrible right. points. They've had great signing for Hearts. Who was that goalie they had during the season there where we were slaughtering him with the fucking uh, the, the, the trampolines on his hands? He kept punching everything. I don't know. I don't know. Pereira. Pereira, Pereira, something like that. I don't know what yeah, his name is. He plays for Man U, I know. Does he? Aye. Aye he's on loan for oh, Man U. He's on loan. Oh, man. He, he dropped. I think he had a clause in his contract that said, you're going up to Hearts to be the goalkeeper, but you're not allowed to catch the ball. If you catch the ball, you're coming back here. And I think he just dropped everything. But no, sorry, Craig Gordon, uh, back to Hearts. That's that's massive. Like, I don't know what age Craig came up through the youth team there, didn't he? Yes, he did. He did. He did. Because I've won a hat trick against him for Sunderland youths many many years ago. Uh, yes, get that and love that. Aye, fucking get that in. Free free pass you doing it, uh, Sunderland Craig. Aye, thanks very much. Obviously, he's a better career than I did. But uh, our jokes aside. What a signing, Si. 30, 37 years old. He's still got a lot of football left in him due to goalkeepers' um, ages. And what a goalie to have in the championship. It's not just the, the, the quality of keeper, it's the experience he brings, what he's going to bring to the dressing room. It's just the whole package, Si. Obviously, he doesn't know what to talk to players about snooker, but fucking hell, everything else, the experience he's had a bit be amazing for the young team that um, is going to take to the field for hearts. Um, that's the kind of signs that gets bums on seats. Mate, that's a hang to it. The sub goalie at Hearts now is going to be fucking dreading away trips, isn't he? Oh, man. <laughs> Andy, I'm surprised to say I've never kept him. Uh, I think, no, really, because he's at probably at the age now where he feels if he just wants to play for the, the last probably one or two years or whatever he's going to finish. But uh, he's obviously been a brilliant servant to Celtic, made some, made some fantastic saves. But he's, the career he's had, again, and that's one thing about Scotland, to be fair, even since his. This sort of generation that's in the north had some but unbelievable goalkeepers it's in that Scotland national team. But I unbelievable signing for Hearts. That's probably one of the positions that's put them in the position they were last year, both in the league. So uh, the fact they've got somebody like him going into next year is definitely going to help them. There's talk of Joe Hart going to sell it. Imagine Joe Hart in Glasgow and Steve McLaren in Dundee. Do you think they'd hang about each other? <laughs> Mate, I think Joe Hart would actually be quite a good signing for Celtic to be honest I know he's yeah, had a, they're not having it as well Kev they're not having it on Twitter I know but what what like in this financial market that we're in I, I do believe there will be players available at cut down prices cut down wages because of the the way that the, 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 the financial the, the situation is with football but Joe Hart is he like if they don't get for I think I think realistically Celtic should break the bank and get Foster like they don't spend too much Celtic most seasons from season to season, but I think in terms of getting him, I think they should go all right to get him. But if they don't, is Joe Hart one of the worst options they've got? I, I don't think he is. I think he comes with a lot of experience. I think he was one of these players that was very unfortunate when, when Pep Guardiola came into Man City, he didn't want him. And all of a sudden, he's became a bad goalkeeper overnight because the Man City, I, I don't believe in that. I think he's still got a lot to offer. I think he just needs to... They find a place and get playing week in, week out and, and prove to everybody why he was number one for so long in the first place. I think the tipping point for it could be that, you know, Lenny likes to gel his hair and Joe Hart sponsored the head and shoulders, isn't he? <laughs> they could gel it together. That could just seal the move, that side. We've got a brill cream <laughs> sorted. Uh, Fraser Forster, for me, massive. I probably changed Celtic season along with Griffiths coming back. And in that final, he was unbelievable against shoes. Like, how important is it for Celtic to keep Fraser Forster? I, I think definitely the um, the cup final as well, the league cup final. I think uh, probably well, no, no, even probably with him in that day. I don't think Celtic win that cup final. I think some of the saves he made. I think uh, the penalty as well. Um, Celtic had just went down to ten men, obviously being one up and saving that penalty. You think? Rangers score that penalty going into one each way against 10 men for the last 20-25 minutes. Pressure's probably going to end up telling, but he was, a, he, was a, he was a huge huge player for them the last six, uh, the last six months of the season. 
Uh, obviously, again, fantastic goal. He's some size. He's massive. He's absolutely massive wide as well. But to be honest, I, I, I'm in the sort of same uh, boat as what Kev says. I think I can't no, really he doesn't want to be in the same boat as Kevin, but that'll flip soon. I'll sit on his lap. We'll keep it balanced. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I, I can't really go wrong with, with either. Ought to be. I think, the thing is, with goalkeepers, the most unforgiving position, like Joe Hart's arguably one of the best goalies in the world, if not definitely one of the best goalies in Britain for, for five, six years, 75 caps for England. And then he sort of had that that poor sort of spirit Man City went on loan to Torino, didn't really work. But Again, he's been somebody that's been unbelievable throughout his career. I think even, even since that Torino move, his career's never really went back to where it is because went back to Man City, went straight number two, went on loan to obviously Burnley last year, never played, but it's uh, he's obviously still an unbelievable goalie. Oh yeah, it's good to know that you, you know how many caps Joe Hart's got for England, but you didn't know who plays for fucking Dundee United. Do you want to move to match the day, you? You want to do South, man? <laughs> I'm at Neville's job, man. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> See, just on that cup final, Andy, were you sitting thinking like, this is one of the days we are no scoring here, or did you did you believe that Rangers were going to win that day? Nah, like, it's similar to the, obviously I touched about it in an interview when we talked about the first semi-final I played in, when we played Celtic, Patrick Roberts missed that chance, and you, you do think, like, this is your day, like mm-hmm. certain stuff's gone for you, certain stuff's no. On that day, just, just nothing went for us, just, it's probably throughout the most, uh, old firm games I've played with one, probably one of the most uh, one-sided in terms of Rangers' favour but uh, I just nothing went for us Fraser Foster was unbelievable in the day uh, one of the games where nothing really went for Alfredo either and the majority of our chances fell to him so I think at, at the end of that game that was one where the, the, the dressing room was real low because it was a it felt like a chance missed in terms of you know throughout the game thought that we, we more than deserved to win it Did you, did you want him at the penalty? Uh, no, if I'm honest, no. Who did, who did you want to tell him? See, the thing is, Alfredo, I'd go as far as saying he's a poor finisher, but he's an unbelievable goal scorer. He's one of them where you'd watch him in games and training and he'd sclaff everything into the back, the, the, the bottom corner and you'd think, that was ugly as anything, but it just goes in all the time. Do you know what I mean? So in terms of an actual penalty, I, I think the biggest thing you need to be with penalties is composure. That, you just need... If you're a, a regular penalty taker, you need composure, which is why I felt Tav was a brilliant penalty taker for us. Although it, it got took off him, I think he missed two in a row or whatever. He took so many pressure penalties and scored them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I didn't want Alfredo to take that penalty, no. Uh, right, Kev, here's a big question for you. You can get Fraser Forster for £8 million quid, or you can get Joe Hart on a free. Who are you taking? Oh, jeez, oh, sorry. Fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say... I think if the if I think Celtic's financial situation is quite safe, so I would pay the eight million quid and get Fraser Foster. That's the thing, mate. See, well, like both these teams this year, Celtic and Rangers, obviously one's trying to get ten, one's trying to stop. For me, it's not worth a gamble to go and take Joe Hart as your number one, no knowing what his confidence is like. Fraser Foster, players know him, love him. If you've got eight million pounds, then you're going to pay it, don't you? Ah, eight million quid's not in terms of business and what Celtic's done over the years. Um, Eight million quid can't be a lot to be asking for to, to buy a player. Do you know what I mean? Um, eight million quid that basically guarantees you maybe another three, four years at the big man. So it's two million quid a year. Do you know what I mean? For me, that's he's got plenty of years in him left yet, and I think he enjoys playing for Celtic. I think he's probably still got ambitions of doing stuff in England, uh, maybe getting back at the England squad. But he can do that from here. Um, whereas, like you say, with Joe Hart. As good a goalie as he as he was, as good as a goalie that he can be, you just don't know what type of Joe Hart. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last twenty-five years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. They're going to get coming up. It might take them four or five games to get going. He might make a mistake. The Celtic fans might jump on his back too early. It's all ifs and buts, whereas with Fraser Foster, eight million quid seals the deal and that's it done. And he's still getting highlights in his hair at fucking 32. He needs to wrap that. Um, right, wait till you see Andy Halliday smile here. We're going to talk about Rangers. Yay! <laughs> right, mate. Haji, three million. Worth it. What type of player? How good? Let us know. Come on. Aye, worth it for me. Definitely worth it. Uh, I actually watched them in the Euro 21s because uh, they played... I get you're watching Romania 21s, but you're not watching Dundee United. Well, to be fair, it was because my teammate was playing. It was I think they were in the group. England and Croatia were definitely in the group. I can't remember who the other one was, but Romania played Croatia in the first game, and Nico was starting. Nico Katic. So I was like, oh, fuck it. It was a it was a 38 degree day. I'm, I'm no good in the sun, so I was like, I'm sitting in and watching this. So uh, he, he was unbelievable. He was the best player on the pitch. And, uh, and generally, I remember for that game, one of the standout things was how two-footed he was. And um, it's one of the ones you get a lot of YouTube players. So see when you see his YouTube compilation, he's whipping you know, three kicks in, 25 yards left foot, right foot. You're like, this boy's special. But see when you see him in training, he has got that ability in his locker. And I think, I think the, one of the biggest things Rangers have lacked over the last sort of three, four years is we've not had too many match winners. I think Celtic have always had more match winners than Rangers. Whereas I think now... We're too reliant on Alfredo to get goals. And uh, in terms of actually trying to change uh, the dimension of the game, I think Brian Kent's probably the uh, Rangers' main player. But I think Yanis showed in the last six months that he's got capabilities to do that. Because I think there was games where they never played well, but he still scored or got an assist. And I think that's what Rangers need. I think, I think uh, more match winners is, is going to be ideal. See on Kent. Is he a good finisher, Kent? I think you should, you should score more goals, eh? It's... Uh, I've got a lot of time for Kenny and I, I've, I've said to him in previous occasions I don't think he believes how good he can be because mm. I think in terms of ability he's he's, next, he's Rangers' best player uh, technical ability he's Rangers' best player in training he does things that no, no really anybody else can do but like you said he, he, he's, he's missing the numbers I think yeah. that if he can add I think his, his season this year and the season, even the season the year before everybody's seen how good he was but it probably lacked the numbers that the sort of bigger bigger players in the league were hitting. So I think if he can add 10 goals, which I, th- I, I think should be more than capable, I think it's reasonable. I think if he can add, add at least 10 goals and, and the same assist, then it's going to be progression. But I think there's no doubt he's going to be a massive player for Rangers during the years. Just the way he can go on both feet, his technique when he strikes the bomb, he should be scoring like, like you say, 10, 15 a season. Right, Kev, I've never ever seen a guy choking for a move as much as Lyndon Dykes. Heavily linked to Rangers. Uh, you think he's good enough to go and play for Rangers? He's dyed his hair blue. Again, Lyndon Dyke, stop us, please. I think, uh, I don't think he's a long-term answer for Rangers, but what I think he is, is I think he'll offer a different dimension to Rangers in certain games. I think um, he's shown in games against Celtic that he can mix it with big centre-halves. I think he can, I not say bully them, but I think he can put himself a boot that causes problems. And Rangers don't have that. Although I think Alfredo, for as good as he is scoring goals, what have you, and he is strong as anything. Like I've always said that in the show that he looks a very, very strong player. He's a wee strong player. Whereas I think maybe sometimes when Celtic play Rangers, Rangers might sometimes be a wee bit more effective with a bigger guy up front just to take the pressure off Alfredo and let him do a wee bit more. So, but do I see Lyndon Dykes being that person? I think I think there's better target men out there side than Lyndon Dykes. Um, I think he's just become prominent because he's playing in Scottish football. He's had, a, actually before, a couple of good games against Celtic, but 
No, I, I don't think he's an answer for Rangers. I think Rangers would, there's better players in the market and there will be better players coming up in the market because of the financial crisis that we're having here. Um, players, are, there's going to be a lot of um, availability. But um, no taking it away from Lyndon Dykes, but I think Rangers, if they're looking to challenge 10, I don't think Lyndon Dykes is um, the answer. I just think Kyle Lafferty went to Rangers, better player than Lyndon Dykes for me. Just didn't think Gerard. Well, I don't think Gerard would ever go down that route of just playing no. up to a, a target man. Would, would no, I don't. Been? I don't think that fits Rangers' um, yeah. ethos and how the way they play the game. Um, a target. If you if you set yourself up to play with a target man, that's drummed into you from the beginning of the season right through the season. If your target man gets injured, you've got another target man to come in and replace. Rangers have never played really with a target man under Gerard. They're not going to play with a target man under Gerard. Gerard only ever played with, um, I think he had Andy Carl and Peter Crouch, and where, apart from Andy Carl, was he ever really a target man? Crouch, he was really good in the feet, so I don't think that's in Stephen Gerrard's armoury to, to have to play that style of football, but only, who knows, you know what I mean, we might be surprised, but I don't think that Rangers, that would suit Rangers, I think they've got in players like Hadji and Kent, who's got guile and wisdom and stuff, I think they're looking to be a bit more... Um, a bit more through the middle in terms of long balls through the middle. Andy, would you take Lyndon Dykes at Rangers? I think it's a hard one because I think whoever they're going to bring in, he's going to be the third choice striker. So that I think the, the, the sort of window for that is small. They're not going to be paying a million plus for a third choice striker. There might not be a lot of players out there that want to come to Rangers as a third choice striker because let's be honest, they're not going to move Alfredo. And again, when Jermaine's played... He's got the numbers. He's had the goal. So, I, to be honest, I would take him. I, I think he's. I think I can only go off the games that I watched last year against Rangers and Celtic. He done really well, and he caused us a lot of problems definitely in the games he's, he played. And I've no doubt that's the reason the the likes are even there because I think his his performances against Rangers probably did. They probably did raise the gaffer's eyebrows and thought he could probably do a job for us. Uh, but like I said, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to come in and be the main man. I think it's just a case of Alfredo's probably going to miss 10 games a season through suspension again. So it's <laughs> always just a case of somebody coming in to, to make sure we've got back up there. Mate, that's my dream too. I would love a big club to sign me and I was like sixth choice centre mid and just sit with a big jacket on every Saturday and watch. It's the old third, it's the old third choice goalie, isn't it? <laughs> Richard Wright. Richard Wright. Remember Richard him? Scott Carson, the new. <laughs> Oh, Carson, eh? Ah, it's a dream, mate. See, see, just on this target man thing, Andy, I wanted to ask you, I've got it written down here. This is off off script. Massive Rangers fan. Did you ever go and watch Carefully for Rangers? <laughs> Nobody was I, that dumb. No, I did. I did. To, to, yeah, I got us back to the glory days, Kev. That was the start of the process, mate. Oh, mate. I, I, I honestly had, like, I, I think, like, my Rangers time, I don't ever take it too seriously because... I got injured and only, I only ever played like fucking 14, 15 games. Only started three games or something, but I was glad of the experience. And uh, But to me, it wasn't the real Rangers experience because the real Rangers experience would have been playing against Celtic and Old Firm and things like that, challenge for titles, but trying to beat Peter Heed away up, up in Peter Heed's not exactly... Uh, oh, hang <laughs> sorry, Sai. Sorry, Sai. But fifth minute, and the uh, anchor scored the equaliser, and then coming into the dressing room, McCoy saying, "This cunt's had to come on and rescue you guys, and look at the size of him. He's three stone overweight." It's mental, though. How how much target then is going out of football? Like not out of football, but how how rare they are now. You look back. Like, Wait, were you with Kevin Kyle at Sunderland? Eh, sorry, were you with Kevin Phillips at Sunderland? Aye, aye. Just even back in the days, it was just always little and large. It was always target man 4 4 2. They've always got a little one up front. It's, you never, nobody even plays 4 4 2 anymore. The, thing, the, only, the only thing I would say with a target man is that you were only ever appreciated by your teammates and your manager. Nobody else liked you because they just thought, oh, there's that big hoodie up front that flicks the ball and heeds it down. But whereas, your teammates actually appreciated what you actually did on the part. And like you say, it is a dying thing. I don't know any target men that are actually called a target man anymore. I, don't, I, I would be, you would be very, very pushed to find one because you wouldn't say Lyndon Dykes a target man. He's just a big, he's living since number nine. But apart from that, Premiership, who is a target man anymore? Is there any in the Premiership? Mate, that's what I was saying. We're going to come to the Premier League, right? But see, if I was a young kid now, 
you would hate to be a centre forward, man. You never get a touch of the ball, eh? No, no. It's, uh, we'll come to that. I've got an absolute rant on it, man. Right, anyway, uh, last question on Rangers uh, and Defoe, 30 in October. Is he still tremendous in training and games? What, what does he like to play with? Unbelievable. Honestly, Thank unbelievable. The, I'd say he's the most professional player I've ever worked under. He's uh, just never at the gym. He's, he's like vegan in that, so he's never touched a, a bit of meat for about 10 years. Doesn't eat carbs. He's just looks at. I don't know if he. I don't know if he actually does that just because he loves his body so much. To be honest, but in terms is of he his ripped bits, ripped bits. His, his chest is massive for his size, but he's honestly. And see, to be fair, I talked about Alfredo being an unbelievable goal scorer, but no, no, a great finisher. JD's the opposite. He's an unbelievable finisher. He's he's more one that if he's got a one and one, you know it's a goal. Every time you know it's a goal and it, it hits it clean as anything, left, right foot. But the thing is, it, I, I'm saying that now and he's 38, so what was he like at 28? Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I Obviously, I, I played with Jonathan Woodgate at uh, Middlesbrough and I was young at the time, so I used to badger him with questions all the time. He was at Real Madrid, what was Ronaldo like, what was Zidane? And he, he said to me that Jermaine Defoe is the best finisher he's ever played with and he played with R9. No way. Oh my god, man, what a shout that is. Say Jermaine Defoe's the best finisher he's ever played with. Mate, I'm not interested in Zidane Ronaldo. I just want to know did Woodgate tell you any Tommy Gravison stories? <laughs> oh, he didn't, to be honest, but I've heard plenty of them on here. That guy sounds like a proper crackpot. <laughs> See, just on Defoe, what's he like in the dressing room? Like, can he crack in that, boys? Nah, he's no. I don't know if it's just because he is towards the end of his career and there's sort of looking to go into. Coaching over the next two or three years, but he's brilliant with the younger players, really good. And even players with myself, to be honest, if if you've got a spell where he's gone a wee bit, you're at the team, or you know, you're doubt, he's brilliant with people like that as well. He's always got an arm in people and just tell them and keep their head and, and, and they're doing obviously keep doing what they're doing or whatnot. But in terms of somebody within the dressing room, he, he's unreal. And that's that again, that's probably another reason why the gaffer did bring him in because he knew he's got that side of him as well. He must have so much cash as well. Eh? Wow. Uh, everything's designer. What's he drive? What does he drive? I think I, do, I think he's got a couple of motors, but the what I just see him in his range all the time. But he definitely has a Bentley, but he never drives it. Is he staying uh, here? Where does he stay? What's his ad- I, I love you before he's a legend, mate. What's his address? <laughs> well, I'm not telling you, mate, because you, you've already leaked my email. I can't even tell your addresses that I know. Yeah, just from Rangers, last question. Any other positions that you think they need to strengthen? Side, you know what? I, this might sound un, unpopular, but I think they need a centre half. I don't think that would be unpopular. I mean, I think quite a lot of people would agree with you. I'm no, I, I, obviously, Andy would have played with the guy, Big Corner Goldson, but I'm, I'm no having him. I, I'm no his biggest fan. I, I don't dislike him very much, but I just think that for me, I, th- I think he got away with a lot of things last year, and I, th- I would like to see Rangers bring in somebody commanding, somebody with experience, somebody who can can organise the back four in a way that, that they haven't had for a long time. Um, you think of some of the centre-halves that Rangers have had over the years, they, they haven't had that commanding centre-half captain-type defender for a long time, and I think that's a position that would help them massively, not just in the back four. I just think somebody speaking to the midfield, somebody that, that, that they feel that, that gives you confidence. I just think there's a mistake in Goldston, and then they're always being swapped with Hollander, Katic, it's, it's there's never a settled two in the middle. I don't, I don't know. I'm maybe just looking at it a wee bit differently, but I think a, a, a really, really strong command in centre half would be a massive addition to the Rangers. I, want, I just want to make a centre half who will argue with Alan McGregor, man. Aye. The two of them fighting, can you imagine it? There'll be a lot of pointing. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of pointing. What about you, Andy? Anywhere else you see Rangers need to add to? To be fair, I, I'm a big fan of Connor. Uh, I, I think. Maybe one of the minor issues in terms of centre-half is just having a sustained partnership for a period of time. And I think when we had that period where, not especially in Europe, we're keeping a lot of clean sheets. We never really conceded a lot of goals. It was like, it was either Connor or Nico for 10 or 11 games or it was Connor and Phil towards the end. And see, to be honest, Phil was somebody that proper came into that role uh, sort of middle of the season and someone that was one of our most consistent performers throughout that, but got that injury uh, against Celtic in the cup final. And after that, it was a, sort of chopping and changing that position again. For me, I think it's somebody that's got to, if they play the same as they did last year with the sort of uh, 
the two or the three tens. I think it's got to be somebody that can play in the right because you know they brought Yanis in, but I, I, I do see Yanis as more of a ten. Uh, right. And then in, in, in the sort of right right wing right ten position, it was either Scott Arfield or Joe Aribo. I don't. Although they could both play there and they both did day well at times there, you're not really getting the best out of two of them there. So I think someone is more natural in that position. Could Jamie Murphy play there? No, well, he can, but everything I've seen with Murphy is he's always played on the left. He's always got that one where he drags it down the line or he cuts inside. But see, to be honest, Murph's somebody that I would love to see stay this year and play because there's probably been no better winger in terms of numbers since I've been here. The sort of especially his first six months, his, his numbers were unbelievable. So I think that last year we relied on probably too many people in certain areas of the pitch. Uh, and I think Murph someday can definitely add competition to the wide areas and, and, and date really well as well. I always liked Jimmy Murph. He always scored goals, as you said. Right, on to Motherwell. Stephen Robinson's decision to remain at Motherwell despite interest in Northern Ireland. Surprised at the news, Big Kev. Uh, no, Si, I think he's a, a young manager just making his way in the game and I yeah. think that his time in Northern Ireland will come later on in his career. Um, I think he's got a lot to offer Motherwell first and foremost, but I think he has ambitions for a step up. Um, where that'll be, I don't know, whether it's the English Championship or a better move in the SPL, I don't know, because Motherwell's obviously flying as well, but... Um, no, I think the, 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 the Northern Ireland job is something for Stevie Robinson later on in life. Um, you go to the Northern Ireland job, it doesn't work out. Where do you go from there? Whereas with Motherwell, he's got an opportunity to go somewhere else. And I think, um, not, not that I'm, I'm, I'm wishing him away from Motherwell because um, it's good to have him in Scottish football, but he's obviously, it just shows that he's the job that he has done, that he was tightened to be the next Northern Ireland manager. You know I mean, he's, he's getting praise from all all angles and it's well-deserved. But no, I'd like him to, to stay. I'm glad that he's staying, but ultimately, I think there's a, a bigger club out there for Stevie Robinson. You wouldn't mind losing the Northern Ireland job, but to, to lose it to Ian Barraclough, you must be devastated. Eh? No, I don't think he's lost it to Ian Barraclough. I think... Uh, I'm only joking. He's got it because nobody else wanted it. Si, I'm actually more surprised that Big Tommy Wright didn't get it. I know, I thought Tommy Wright was a certain to get it. Stephen Robinson, I thought Hearts, it was a banker to go to Hearts when I wanted to them. What's it like to play against the Stephen Robinson team, Andy? Horrible. See, to be fair, Motherwell's probably one that I've got one of my best records against. I don't I don't think I've lost a game at Fur Park, so I can't. There's, there's other ones that stand out. I touched on St. Johnson. St. Johnson at Park Park's always a hard game. That The way they play always make it difficult for you to pitch at certain times of the year is never great, so... Uh, nah, Motherwell, uh, I think my record there is pretty good. And, um, see, to be fair, Motherwell is a team that they've actually got good players, especially in midfield. I, I, I really like the boy Polworth. I think he's a good player. Polworth's very good, mate. I, I, I really like him. I think he's a really good player. And, uh, I'm not really that surprised that, that they were as high up in the league as they were because they do have players with technical ability. But touching on them, potentially leaving that, when teams like Motherwell have got Europe, it's obviously something that doesn't, it's not happened a lot, especially in the recent years, that you've got to have a year of crack at it and, and see where you can take them. Because he probably, he, he might feel as if he can take them a wee bit further and, and see how he does in Europe with them this year as well. Brilliant. Done a great job. Right, I'm going to talk about the Premier League. Now, my big plus point for the Premier League this week has been Martin Keown, man. You've got his hair on, Andy. You need to give it back, but... That's why I've got the windy shirt. <laughs> what about, how much nonsense does he talk Kev did you listen to him I do listen to him si. I've listened to him for quite a time I've listened to him on the, the, the matches and I've also listened to him on talk sport right and see for a guy that was a fucking lunatic on the park right he comes across as the most laid back softly spoken gentleman you've ever met in your life I can't figure out who who is the real Martin Peone because that guy I listened to on the radio in the matches isn't the guy that I played against all the years ago. He was a fucking killing machine. Did you play against him, Ken? Huh? Years ago when we played uh, in the Premiership, he was... All right, I know you played in the Premiership. No, I know, but I was only young, so it was one of my early games. And uh, I just remember thinking, like, I remember Niall Quinn used to, I used to say to Niall Quinn, who do you know, like playing against or Martin Keown or Steve, uh, Steve, uh, no, Steve Bold, Tony Adams, them, them two is the worst. And I got that opportunity to play against, wasn't it, Tony? It was Steve, uh, Martin Keown and I was scared. I was actually scared. I was only on for 10 minutes so I could deal with it, you know what I mean? But no, I don't know, Si. Martin Keown just seems to be, I don't know, I, I, I can't work him out. I think you've helped him. Nobody the ball. 
Yeah. What were they like on the ball, Martin Keown and Tony Adams? I never played against Tony Adams. Uh, we played, I only ever played against Martin Keown, but I remember playing one time against Arsenal, like the, I think it was, I went and watched, we, I tell you what it was, I was actually injured and I had to go down to Highbury with the team to meet a specialist and I watched the match and do you know what they did, Andy, and it's old school. They defended very, very well, but see when they got the ball, they gave the ball to the players that did something with the ball. That was what I was going to say. They knew their role, so it wasn't anything fancy like you get, like Sai, Sai obviously, during the week was talking about centre-halves running past the midfield and thinking they're, they're footballers. They did what it said in the tin. They defended well, they got the ball, and they gave it to the guys that could hurt the teams properly. And I think that's missing in football. I don't know what's happened. These centre-halves seem to think that they can stroll at the back and just fuck it. Sai nailed it in the head through the week on the, on the Twitter, I think. Um, it's it's something that needs eradicated. Big I, Harry Maguire. I, I was going to say the exact same thing because everybody seems to think if you're if you're a ball playing team, you need a ball playing centre half. Yeah, but in my know. mind, if you if if you're in a ball playing team, your centre half pass at five yards. Exactly. So how good on the board you need to be? And I, I don't like. Have you ever seen like like a centre half coming out the back with the ball? He's never going to thread a ball through into the striker. He's only ever going to go one way and then reverse it to his centre half at the side or get to the right back. I don't I don't I d I don't know. It's just to me it just consumes time and then teams get set sat back in and then it becomes very hard to break them down. Whereas if the centre half was to pass the ball quicker at the midfield, they maybe get behind teams, but I, I don't know. I just watch the game in the English Premiership is just really it's turning me off more than turning me on in there. It's uh Bruno Fernandez the best player man yet in five years and Harry Maguire thinks he's better on the ball than him. blows your mind that he runs by him to then pass it to a fullback. Uh, yeah. I hate nothing more than when a centre half takes three, four touches and then tries to hit a diag. It kills me. Because <laughs> see, even, see, even if me, if I'm in midfield, see if I get the ball, I still get the better players. Mm-hmm. I, I'll just try and get my number 10 of my wingers to go and create and score a goal. But I just don't, centre halves don't have the same mentality. They think they're the best in the ball. I think. There's a thing like there's a thing like knowing your role. Like you, you obviously talked earlier on about big Jonathan Woodgate, right? And for me, he was one of the best centre halves I think I've ever played against. He was incredible. He was amazing. Like he was, and he was gorgeous. Oh mate, he was so good. Oh, it, was, it was incredible, he right? But he didn't do that. He didn't do the whole dribbling into midfield. He got the ball down and gave it to who would deal, who would be able, who would be better equipped with the ball at their feet. But no, Sai, you're absolutely right. Like Harry Maguire running past Bruno Fernandez, it just doesn't make sense. By the way, give me a Scottish Premier League game any day. See that English Premier League? Honestly, there's no shots, there's no crosses. I looked at someone on Sky Sports News last week. The top ten touches in the Premier League, six of them are defenders, mate. Sums it up. No. Did you watching it, Andy? Aye, see, see, like, you know what it's like down there as well. They don't, they don't rate the Scot- Scottish League at all. But yeah. the, honestly, the top ten worst games I've watched have been in the last three weeks. And we're talking, like, we touched on fake crowd noises. You had the Benny Hill theme tune playing through some of these games. <laughs> some of them have been shocking. And again, and again, I, I actually, I started watching the Bundesliga when that first came out, just because I miss football that much, and I was watching it. And it, it, obviously, it's not the same with the fans and and. and and the, like, the real crowd noises and whatnot, but then when you went on to the Prem game, some of them were shocking, I think, you want to watch anymore. Terrible. By the way, here's another one for you, right? You used to both played. Do you need a water break after 23 minutes of football? Come on, man, what's going on? What, what is that all about? What, what is the reason for a water break? Can somebody tell me? It's not as if we're playing in, in Iran or uh, one of these warm countries, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's only 20 degrees. Some of you guys sitting in a suit who's came up with a new idea to make football better, man. But that even slows the game, it slows the game down even there. Plus, it actually, it's the opposite of social distancing because you actually all go in a huddled group <laughs> to drink water. So <laughs> they just stay on the pitch. <laughs> oh, it's crazy, man. Did you see uh, Steve Bruce with Kevin De Bruyne? Aye, that was superb, wasn't it? Mate, that was pure dad patter, wasn't it? Aye. Dad Steve, Steve Bruce has got that. Steve Bruce is possibly one of the nicest managers of people in football that I've ever come across. He is just a, a proper bloke who will say what he needs to say and he'll be honest and not give one shit about it because we all admire Kevin De Bruyne. I say, what a player he is. Oh, 
But honestly, mate, yeah. I, I, he didn't tell De Bruyne the catch. He told me he's coming to Newcastle, but they tell me he needs to channel it every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced De Bruyne thought he was a steward, man. Seriously. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, what about the fans? Without the fans, like, if that happened up in Scotland, how would that affect performances? So it, yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's so the fans play such a big part, especially in Celtic Rangers games. I think the Celtic Rangers games, and this is uh, this is ridiculous to say this, right? But if Scottish football gets back to playing, they should just keep the, the Celtic Rangers games to the end of the season in the hope that the crowd's allowed back in, because I just think that's a non-starter playing Celtic Rangers games with no fans. I don't know how that's going to work because everything about a Celtic Rangers game, Andy's obviously played in them. Like the fans are everything in that game. That that is what gives you that extra man to win. An old firm, it's what gives you the drive, the determination. But when there's nobody, I, I, I just think it's a. I think they should just really just play every game and then play the old firm games at the end of the season. It might make it exciting. I know, but it's not just the old firm games. It's uh, Hibs, obviously, Hearts are not going to be in league. Even like the Derby's. Um, but no, the, the whole, the whole, the whole fans. Uh, no being there, like the Bundesliga, Andy said at the beginning, it was awful because there was no noise. And then at least Sky Sports have kind of put in temporary noise, which make, makes it a wee bit more watchable. But Scottish football, what are we going to put in the background? Gordon Sawyer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're going to put in the background, but it's just really difficult. I don't. If you, but some stadiums in Scotland side could probably social distance, like. Do you know what I mean? Some 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 clubs have got big stadiums where if you look at Clyde, ten thousand seater stadium with a hundred fans, they could social distance. Mm. St Johnson have been playing without fans for years, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> St Johnson fans hate me, man. Uh, and how would you feel? Like, see, for me, anyone could I could come play for Celtic Rangers without fans. Maybe that's a wee exaggeration, but that's why the Celtic Rangers players because you can go and play in front of the big crowds and under that pressure. I think the issue is actually trying to stop them from going. Yeah, I, I, they might not be allowed in the stadium, but it doesn't stop them getting in the, in the streets doing about it. I think that generally could be your biggest issue. Because right. you've seen Liverpool. When Liverpool won the league, obviously not allowed in Anfield, but just 200,000 just thought they'd roam the streets. And I think that's, I think that's a potential issue when it comes to the old forum games and all, because, listen, if you can't get in the stadium, how busy is the pub's going to be? Hmm. So it's... It, me Andy, that's a very that's a very good point. You need to be an MP or something with that kind of uh, knowledge coming out of you there, son. That yes, was, uh, yes. To be fair, my career's changing every day now, so I, I end up from a, You went from a football player to a counsellor to a, a media man. You're just a, a, a bag of tricks. You're all right, Andy's put a perfect link on to the last question. Liverpool will crown champions first time in 30 years. Can you see them dominating for years? I think City will come back next year. What do you think? Aye, I think I think say si, that um, as good as Liverpool are, Man City will not make the same mistake twice. Um, so they will go out and buy a couple of additions, and the Liverpool won't be like they were in the eighties or like Man United were in the nineties. They won't dominate for three and four and five seasons because the finance and football now that these teams can go out and buy players and change their squads quite quickly. Uh, Man United's been trying to date for the last God knows how many years, and it's and it's not working. Chelsea's now allowed to spend, so things will change quickly. If they are going to dominate, it won't be easy. Because Man City are on the Champions League next year, so they can concentrate on the league, but will they get the standard of player who doesn't want to go and play in the Champions League? Do you know what I mean? Andy, what about Chelsea? Look good, they've signed a few players. Man United? Nah. Mm, it's definitely going to be more competitive next year. The margin that they've won with this year has just been ridiculous, but uh, I, I do think they're the best team in the league, um, and I I think they probably will be favourites going into it next year, but Man City are definitely going to have a say in it. To be fair, even at the first six months of the season, you watch Man U and you still think they're poor and you still think there's uh, there's a long, long way to go from yet. But like you touched on, Bruno Fernandes has made a massive difference to them. Massive difference. Uh, I still think they're maybe, they're maybe two or three players away. Uh, Chelsea, Chelsea could make a say, but again, I think it's just going to be between Man City and Liverpool. Must say, I felt for a wee Billy Gilmore on, was it Sunday, Saturday? Aye. He was pl- that's not his position, Tony. I thought he should have been know. playing where Canity was playing. It's, and see, the thing is, I know, right, what's that, his fifth or sixth start in the, uh, 
obviously before lockdown, including that as well. He was, he's been unbelievable in five of them. Yeah, you know what I mean? He, for his age, he's going to have games where he's no, like you said, it's, it's, it never really suited him the game, but there's, there's, there's games where he's not going to be unbelievable every week. The, the issue for him is he set the standard that high that early that he's, he's just raised the bar for his cell and he's going to have that pressure and expectation. But he's, he's, he's an incredible football player and he's someone that sky's the limit. And I'd, I'd like to actually see him play regularly next year for, for Chelsea as well. Yeah. Kev, I thought it was a great, great example for Lampard, old school mate. Like, just so they know, it's not all going to be playing sailing three years off at half time. It'll do them the world a good Billy Gilmore, I won't it. Sorry, that that what happened to Billy Gilmore there at the weekend with the, the game. That that will be the best thing that will probably happen to him in his career because from from the the high of the performance he had was it against Liverpool or whatever it was when everybody was raving about him and the, the plaudits that he got that were well deserved, and then obviously getting nearly called up for the Scotland national team. To now probably feeling like oh shit, but as long as he learns from it, side because football isn't all plain sailing every week. You've got to you're going to have many many highs, but you're just as going to have as many lows. So Lampard, old school, brought him off, probably gave him the right act, but at the same time would probably put an arm around him a couple of days later and say, look, Billy, isn't it going to go your way every week? And the wee man will go away. He'll learn from it. It'll be a, a great learning experience. And absolutely no doubt he'll come back stronger. And um, I'm sure that'll not happen too many times to him again in his career. Oh, just before we go, I know I slaughter you a bit, but that is actually the best I've seen you, mate. Who cut your hair? It's decent. That was Lynch. You cut that this morning because uh, I was needing it. And I tell you what, it's fucking looking magnificent. No, like Andy. I thought we'd Andy Murray on with his hair. Who? <laughs> Andy Murray. Because <laughs> she cut mine. <laughs> I don't know if she could, uh, she can work wonders, Andy, but I don't know if she can do anything with that. But Andy, I need to ask you, mate, what is that hanging through your door? Oh, it's a basket, it's a, it's a sponge basketball hoop, mate. Oh, I thought, I was, I was hoping it was the Knickers, the Knickers basket. <laughs> right, lad, it's been absolutely... It need to be wider than that. Why, you've been tremendous, thanks very much. Yeah, thanks, Andy, see you again, see you side. Cheers, yes. guys, take care. It's the new football season, and now TVs hit the back of the net. Oh, it's a stunner! As you can get the Sky Sports and Sports Extra Passes half price for three months. Now that's more like it! So, you can stream Sky Sports, Premier Sports, and BT Sport at 50% off, and all without a contract. It's perfect! That is world class. Your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports to find out more. 18 plus content streamed via internet. Standard pricing after three months. Further terms apply. Vodafone is now Ireland's largest fibre broadband provider. We've got fibre broadband here in Dublin. Here in Clifton. And now here. We could soon be powering this podcast you're about to listen to. So you can wonder on your computer from the comfort of your own sofa. Curiosity is everywhere on Vodafone, Ireland's largest fibre broadband provider. From €30 per month, search Vodafone Gigabit Broadband. Terms apply. Subject to availability and selected areas. Average speeds based on Comrade Market Share Data Q1 2020. New customers only. Subject to 12-month contract. Offer ends 22nd of November 2020. See Vodafone.ie forward slash fixed terms for full terms.